Genesis chapter 37, and we're going to begin to talk tonight um, on the series. We're going to do a 10-week Wednesday night series that I've entitled From Dream to Destiny. I actually hijacked the title from a gentleman by the name of Robert Morris is from Gateway Church. And uh, if you go and get the book, you won't be hearing, though, the same thing. I just hijacked the title. Um, but it's, it's a wonderful study on uh, Joseph and some of the insights that he received on studying the life of Joseph. And as I began to read that, and any of you ever hear a message or hear a sermon and pastors preaching away on a sermon, but you got this other sermon going on in your mind as he's preaching. And, and, and I, I hope you can do two things at once. I have the ability to kind of listen to what's being said and, and go my own direction sort of at the same time with things. Miss Louise, that doesn't happen to you. Well, it may not happen to everybody. I guess it happens to me be, because I can hear a message and, and, and hear what he's saying and get impacted by it. And at the same time, my mind can also be going, oh, yeah, yeah, and you and God, you know, and this. And so maybe that's just me. I don't know. If it is, then it is, I guess. But I was reading a book, and that's what was happening, is I was reading what he was saying, but there were all these other things that were going on in my mind at the same time. And so I, I, I hijacked the title in order to talk to you about 10 tests that you have to pass. I, you know, God will send tests. Now, I know no one wants to hear this, but how many of you know you don't get to graduate till you pass the test? I mean, I mean, you can, I mean, that's our problem in the church. We think we graduate without passing tests. I don't know what school, that's called public school. That's not God's school. You got to pass some tests in order to graduate to the next level, go to the next level, get to the next grade, go to the destiny that God has for you, the purpose. That's not a bad thing. I know we all grew up thinking tests were evil. Pop quizzes were even worse. I mean, that was demonic. I mean, we really felt like the teacher just spent her nights thinking of ways to torture us as kids. And pop quizzes was one of those ways. And, or how about when they threaten you with one and then they didn't do it? Isn't that, isn't that terrible when you study for something and then you didn't get the test? It's like, that's not fair. I learned all this stuff for nothing. <laughs> isn't that what we say? I learned all of this for nothing. I memorized it for nothing. And that's our, and that's our viewpoint. Be, and, and, you know, we wanted the test. I'm ready for the test. Well, God has tests as well. And it's, and it's not to destroy you. It's not to harm you. It's not to hurt you. It's not to frustrate you. It's to get you to the next place in his will. And I personally believe that the life of Joseph, and by the way, if I don't get through all of my notes tonight, this will be an 11-week series. <laughs> Why? They have they got to catch on here. We got to get the new year back in us. It's new, new year. Um, so, so, don't, so don't worry. We'll make sure we get it all covered. But I believe the book of Genesis. I'm, I'm going to teach you some other things along the way. But the book of Genesis, you know, is called the book of beginnings, right? I, I believe it's the book. I call it the book of God's original intent. The book of God's original design. If you want to know what God's heart was in the earth and for your life, you got to get a hold of the book of Genesis. Because I believe it unveils to us what he ultimately wanted us to walk in and enjoy and have for our life. And the stories and the accounts that we read, I believe, are all blueprints, especially in Genesis. 
They are blueprints and they are diagrams of God's ways in all of our lives. Now, I almost said most. I I changed it just like that. All of our lives. Because the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. You don't skip grades. You don't get to take shortcuts. You don't get some route. I mean, I know we look at other people and say, they got an easy route. Well, you don't know what their route is, number one, really. I mean, I, I suppose people could look at our lives and say, boy, they've had it easy. Oh, if only you could have come lived it. You might have kept your own journey. I always say that. I don't want anyone else's life. I'll keep my own. Thank you. I don't want to trade. I've got enough challenges with mine. But Joseph is, to me, the epitome of, of God's unique ways of getting us to destiny. You know, Paul wrote, not many wise, not many noble. There's not many powerful to the, according to the flesh. But God uses the foolish things to confound the wise and the weak things to confound the strong. And the, and the story of Joseph is a story of a guy who literally had everything thrown against him. And yet he rises to the surface. Now that doesn't mean he was all that in a bag of chips. What it means is, is that as God allows him to go through all of these circumstances, Joseph steps up to the plate and passes the tests that are in front of him. Now, I want you to hear this again. Joseph was not a perfect person. In fact, our first lesson tonight is going to underscore that incredibly, that that we're going to find out exactly why God puts Joseph through some of the things that he's going through. So I wrote down on the notes here, um, the uh, actually the 10 lessons that we're going to have. And I'm just going to go through this. Tonight we're going to talk a little bit about what got Joseph in trouble. Those of you that know the story of Joseph know what got him in trouble. He shot his mouth off a lot. Yeah, man, we all know that. So we're going to have to talk a little about that. But then we're going to talk about the injustice test and the serving test and the purity test and the correction test and the discouragement test and the frustration test and the honor test and the forgiving others test and the pride test. And that's not all the tests. You know, you can stop taking tests anytime you want. And the minute you stop taking tests is the minute you quit going to the next level. I may not have got them all because I figured we could only handle about 10 weeks of testing. So we'll get to the blessing or something next time around. I don't know what we'll do. But, but this is important because I don't know about you. I want the purposes of God. And, and, and can I just say by way of personal testimony, I've, I've, I've passed some tests. And I failed some tests. Can you say amen? Not for me, for you, all right? <laughs> yeah, we knew you failed. You failed that one, Pastor. Amen. Amen. But, you know, that's what they, you know. No, 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 no. You've, you've passed some and you failed some. You've got some waiting on you. You're in the middle of some. That's life. That's everyone. I had, I've had the last couple weeks. The holiday season's always a test. I mean, we love, don't we? I, I, I'm not going to look at you, Denise, because I know your mom, your mom, Karen's right there. She's a lovely person, isn't she? She's just, she's an angel from the Lord. Amen. But some of us don't have angels with us. As parents, yes, yeah, certainly, certainly my wife is an angel. <laughs> and uh, certainly, well, you know, there's just tests. Test every Monday when you go to work. 
And, and you say to yourself, if you could, if, if only I could get out of this and God's saying, no, pass it, pass it. And, and so let's just get started with this and hopefully it's going to help you. My, my heart's to help you because I really want you to succeed. God wants you to succeed. And, uh, these are important things. The life of Joseph. Let me just begin to read some of these verses and let's just get it in our system. Now, Jacob, Genesis 37 Well, let's go to verse 2. This is the history of Jacob, Joseph being 17 years old. We already know we got a problem ready to brew right here. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. Listen to this. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. He's ratting his brothers out right there. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and also he made him a tunic or a coat of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. It's one thing to be a rat. It's another thing when your father's favorite rat. Verse 5. Now, Joseph had a dream, and I just started circling things here in my Bible. And I circled, and he told it. He told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, here he is, I circled, he said, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf rose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaf stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. Hallelujah. I want every, can you, can you just see him? I want y'all just to be so happy with me here. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and what? For his words. Then he dreamed still another dream. Oh, glory to God told it to his brothers and said, look, I've dreamed another dream. And this time, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. Don't you wish the Bible was wired for sound? He's 17. Think about how that's sounding. Now, I, think about how that's sounding. Now, he's sharing something God gave him, but think about how that's sounding. So he told it to his father and his brothers and his father rebuked him and said to him what is this dream that you have dreamed shall your mother and i and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you and his brothers envied him but his father kept the matter in mind now i i just want you to notice the phrases real quick about joseph in these passages number one is we see i've got one two three four five circles in those 11 verses, and I wrote down here, his mouth was going a lot. Number two is, God had indeed revealed a great promise to him, but his mouth was going to have to be refined. Now, there were two major problems, and some of you already shouted out while we were going through this. Number one is, he was a tattletale. We, we found out here that he had some pleasure in ratting out his brothers all the time. Now, I I don't know why. It could be just the nature of children. Children like to rat each other out. It's amazing to me. I know they they swear allegiance to one another, but it's amazing how you can usually get one to rat another one out. Maybe, Maybe he thought it made him look better. 
in front of his father. Maybe if I rat everyone else out and tell dad just what they're doing, it's going to elevate me. You know, that's how some people do things. They, 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 they say negative things in order that somehow out of that negativity, they can be sometimes lifted above that. Secondly, though he was a self-promoter, he talked about himself and what God was saying to him too much. And what happened was, now, I'm not giving his brothers an out. His brothers obviously had issues. But but truth of the matter is, it smelled of bragging. Now, I, I, like I said, I can't hear the intonations. There's nothing here in the Bible that tells us his heart. Um, you know, the, the truth of the matter, at 17, I, I put down here, you know, maybe we ought to cut him a break because he's 17, doesn't have much experience. But But what do you do? You know, when you're dealing with folks that aren't 17, but they're 27, 37, 47, 57, I've seen them 77, and, and they've not got a hold of this. And what it reveals is, it reveals is a sign of immaturity and being unbroken. It really reveals insecurity in a person's life. Just want to let you all know, one day you'll bow to me. I may be the lowest man on the totem pole today. But God told me one of these days he's going to switch this thing all around. You say, but it was true. Sure, it was true. But just because it's true and it's in your spirit doesn't mean it has to come out of your mouth. It got him in a lot of trouble. Now, before we talk about some of the issues with Joseph per se, let me just ask this question. Why would God provide a test? Why would God provide a test? I believe that God uses and creates circumstances that will determine the quality, the readiness, and the strength of a person for their destiny. You see, God may know your heart, and I've had people say this all the time, why does God have to test me? If he knows my heart, then he ought to know where I'm at. And it's true, he probably does know where you're at. Oftentimes, you don't know where you're at. And that's as important as God knowing where you're at. So he may know your heart, but through the circumstance that you go through, and most of you here are at least superficially aware of the life of Joseph and some of the adversities that he faced, it was through all of this. Do you know what Joseph will eventually say at the end? He'll say this, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. That's what he'll eventually say. Now, I don't know that he was saying that, when he was in the bottom of his pit or when he was in Potiphar's house. I don't know that that's what Joseph was saying. But as he passed tests and he got to the end and that full revelation came to him, he began to understand that all of the hardships that he was facing weren't for his destruction, but God meant it for his elevation. We think God elevates the way man elevates, and he doesn't. Sometimes God's way sends you exactly the opposite direction before he sends you to the front of the line. So God may know your heart, and truth is, he probably does know your heart. And I'm going to throw this one out here, too. These are just things that are popping into mind right now. You know, the Bible says that above all things, the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? There's a verse. I wish I knew the reference. I don't have that reference right now. But above all things, the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now, the reason I'm throwing this verse out here is I want you to hear it. Everybody heard that, right? Who can know it, the Lord says. The next time you say these words, I know my heart. Do you? I don't know that you do. I don't know that I always do. I'd like to think I do. 
I'd like to think that I know exactly what's going on in my heart. And, and the part I do know is probably pretty good. But how many know, I may not know everything that's going on in there. It's like I only use about 10% of my brain, I'm told. Maybe not that much. There are some days I'm sure it's a lot less than that. Do we really think we know 100% of our heart? And sometimes I think what God does is, is he, he allows us to go through things that maybe, maybe let's just give ourselves a break. Maybe we know 50% of our heart. So he's going to say, well, then I'm going to help you understand the other 50% that you don't see or you don't get or you don't understand. And so we're going to let you see this. And through these circumstances, hopefully you can begin to connect the dots in regards to his ways in your life. These tests refine your motives and your attitudes. Obviously, if Joseph was going to reign just as the number two guy in all of Egypt, he was going to have to get some of the issues of a 17-year-old out of him. Amen? I mean, he just was going to have to learn that. Now, in Latin, I found out the word test. I need Kaylin's take in Latin. She could have even corrected me on this. But testu, as I understand, is the Latin. Anybody here know Latin? Vini, Vidi, Vici, you know, you remember that one? I came, I saw, I conquered. Wasn't that Alexander? I, you know the joke, it's Vini, Vini, Vidi, Velcro. I came, I saw, I stuck around. Okay. But the Latin word for test means to put inside a pot with a lid. That's the etymology of that. Have you ever heard put a lid on it? That's Latin. Put a lid on it. And that's what a test is. A test is literally when you feel like there's this lid. And there is in some ways. God says we're not opening anything up until you pass the test. Now here's some reasons. Tests are for purification and refinement. They're for revealing and exposing hidden things in your life. That's why we call them blind spots. Because you can't see them. It helps sort out the self-called from the God-called and the self-made from the God-made man. You know, when you go through a test, you know, that comes, you really, you got to ask yourself the question. See, here's Joseph who had a vision from God. He had a mandate from God, and yet he's going through all of these things that appear to be the exact opposite, and it's through these moments you either trust what God has said, or, or, or if you just look at your circumstances, you just say, well, I, I quit, I give up, I that's what begins to be sorted out. Tests will take you to the next level. It will give you opportunity to be enlarged. It will establish, I believe a test establishes a revelation truth in your life through experience. You know, a lot of things teach great and, and we can teach things out of the Bible, but I tell you the most powerful things that I can teach, and I know this to be true for my wife and, and for others, I'm sure as well, the most powerful things that get taught out of God's word are not just those things that I know by way of precept, but it's those things that I have experienced by way of life. You know, it's one thing to say, you know, we're an overcomer in tough situations. It's another thing to be in a tough situation and overcome. It, that's a whole, that, that changes the sermon completely. I mean, I was a pretty good preacher when I was 24 years old, but truth of the matter is I hadn't passed a lot of tests yet. As a matter of fact, I, there was, there were some, this one I failed. I can tell you, I failed probably this test, very test from the time I was 24 to the time I was probably 29, 30. I started to get a handle on some of just this number one test. You were a pastor. Well, that doesn't matter. 
Doesn't matter anything. I don't care who you are. And until you, God never lets you go on until you pass the test. And so all of us face these things. And, and here's the good news. When you press through it and you make it, I believe God releases an anointing and an authority in your life in order for you to teach it and share it in a way that can have great impact. Now, the question is, in the few moments we have left, why a test concerning our mouth? Why a test concerning our mouth? In the book of James, and again, if you have your Bibles, you can locate it. Some of you, I'm sure, have already underlined this. You certainly know it already. James 3, 2. James speaks on the mouth. James 3, verse 2. It says, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, the scripture says he's a perfect man or he's a complete man. It doesn't mean that you're errorless, but it does mean that you're complete or you found wholeness. Isn't that amazing? If anyone does not stumble in word, you can become whole. Isn't that an amazing thing? In other words, if we can get this part feature of our life right, we can begin to walk in wholeness and completion. Isn't that amazing? It says also, they'll be able to bridle the whole body. So this thing right here has the capacity to set the direction for the rest of your life and where you're headed. How many of you know that some people are where they are at in life for the very simple person, simple reason that that their words got them into that predicament, scenario, circumstance, whatever it may be. They got that it, it wasn't that they did something wrong with an action. They just their very words got them into that situation. Your tongue, and you've heard me teach this a thousand times. Your tongue is the spiritual rudder of your life. For those of you that that go out and, and you have boats, you know that a boat, a sailboat in particular, but every boat has a rudder, and in order for the boat to move in whatever direction, the rudder is moved in a direction that it will go there. Your tongue is that rudder of your life. And the life that you are living is reflecting what what you have put in the in, in the water, so to speak, or in the sea with regards to the rudder. Oh, I mean, this is, this is so important. And if you can begin to pass the, the restrained mouth test, let me, it's almost better to just, to just float with the spirit than it is to set your tongue to somewhere God doesn't want you to be. It's almost better at times just to keep it shut than it is to just be saying things that you don't know what you're saying or you haven't been refined in that regard and, and it gets you in all sorts of trouble. I, I can remember, um, this is years ago. I had learned so many lessons. I can't even say I learned lessons. I went through circumstances and I don't know if I was learning lessons, but those years, I remember just working with people. I think everybody ought to be a pastor for at least 30 days. I, 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 the other thing is that as I think everybody ought to have to work with the public at least a few months. I don't think, I don't think, see, I, I just watch people and I, I, I watch sometimes at restaurants how people deal with servers or I watch how people deal with checkout clerks, uh, you know, and, it, and I, I, because I, I work with people and I deal with people and I have to interact with people. I just have a compassion for people that work with people. Cause I'm just telling you, people are just, 
ruthless and they're just, yeah, they're jerks. I mean, it's amazing when you think about the passage where it says, you know, God so loved the world. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, I don't know. There are days, there are days I can't love going just over to Publix here. I just, because, because everybody needs to work with people because, because whenever you're working with people, that's when God can, yeah, yeah, that's when he can test you. And, and I, I can remember I, I, just working with people. You don't mean to, half the time you don't mean to. I'm not, you know, this is really the hard part because a lot of times you're in a test that it's not about rebellion, at least not willful, knowledgeable rebellion. It's just, you're dumb. You're just ignorant. You don't know. That's why the Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge and hell has opened wide its throat. It's because they're just ignorant. It's not, they're not willfully trying to, you know, have a miserable life, but, but just even out of ignorance. So I'm not even saying I was, I, you know, I don't believe, because I, I know my heart. Of course I'm not in willful rebellion. I love God. I'm serving God. Dear God, he ought to know that by now. But truth of the matter, I didn't know my whole heart. And, 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 and oh man, I, I, just painful lessons on, on, on the mouth. And I can remember when we had left uh, Oakland, California, we had just left our denomination. It was, it was one of those times where I felt like if I had a tail, God grabbed it and yanked it through a knot hole. I mean, we had lost just about every, didn't have a roof over our heads. Of course, we were living in parsonages at the time. So, you know, you get kicked out of your denomination and you lose your house, you lose your your uh your retirement you lose it all man we had all we had we had all of our possessions in a rider truck and we we're gonna have to drive it across the country i had i had three hundred dollars in my pocket and uh, a credit card that was almost maxed in order to get to spartanburg south carolina you want you want you want to talk, I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody but how many of you know that was probably a test at that moment you're gonna curse god you're gonna you're going to just give up. You're going to say, where are you at this moment? And when we finally landed in Spartanburg and, and uh, Tracy's folks were in a difficult season, but they were gracious enough to, to allow us a season with them. And uh, you know the story that eventually got hired. And, and believe me, I was, I was selling suits at JCPenney's. Listen to this. I was selling suits at JCPenney's. And I'll never forget Pastor Miles came in and I was, I was so, I just, I was so frustrated because I was selling suits at JCPenney's. Um, I'd have done about anything just, just to be able to get out of that. But I remember he came in and he talked about wanting to start a Bible college and some other things. And would I be interested in that? And I said, well, yeah, I'd be way more interested in that than, than selling suits at JCPenney's. And then he said, well, you know, I figured it up and all I can pay you, and I, and I think it at that time was $15,000 a year. And um, even in 1989, I don't know if you, if you figured it out, but you can't live off 15000 in 1989. You couldn't do it either. And I had two kids, that's true, and they both had to go to daycare. And, I mean, it was, but, but that's, how many of you know that was probably a test? So you could get you, you you could get mad you could get mad at the old church you're part of you can get mad at pastor who doesn't pay enough you can get mad at all sorts of things around you or you can pass the test that's in front of you 
just like Joseph learned. He could get mad at his brothers. He could be mad at Potiphar, Potiphar's wife. He could get mad at the at the uh, the, the butcher or the baker, whoever it was. I'll have to read that again to make sure it's right. But, you know, he, he was supposed to tell somebody that he was in there and he didn't do it. And you can get mad at everybody. You can get mad at everybody under the sun. And, and God just stands there and says, well, you passed the test. And so the one thing I learned, at least at that point, I hadn't gotten many and I had a lot more tests and I'll stand here today and tell you, I know I've got a few more out there waiting. But I remember the first day I went into staff meeting, I, this is what I said to myself. I said, Kevin, this is, you know, you've not been in charismatic circles. You just don't, it doesn't matter what you think, you know, and hear me now. I, I'm the only one in the room. Pastor was there. Pastor didn't even graduate from Bible college. None of the staff ever went to Bible college. I was the only one there that had passed out of graduate school and was a dissertation away from finishing my doctoral degree. Now, I I can either just keep my mouth shut or I can shoot my mouth off. And I just said, Kevin, just keep your mouth shut. And so there were three staff that were hired the same day I came on staff. And we're all sitting in there. And I just, I'm, I'm just saying to myself, I ain't saying a word. <laughs> I'm just keeping my mouth shut. And, and we would have staff meeting every week. And, and there'd be sharing and talking and all sorts of things that would go on. And I'd just keep my mouth shut. And I'd listen to the two staff members that had been hired the same time with me. And it was amazing. They were full of ideas. They were full of themselves. Oh, this is what I did when I was here, and this is what I did when I was in here, and I and I and I I I did this and I did that, and well, you know, this is my ministry and my 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 and I I I I and you know what was really interesting? Just keeping your mouth shut for a while, it gives you an opportunity to hear other people. See, because when you're talking, you can't hear either. So I was listening to all this go on, and I was just watching the dynamics of the room. It's really amazing. I love airports. Just sitting in an airport and watching people go by, you can learn so much about humanity just watching them. So I'm in this room, and I'm just watching everything. go. And I'm watching the staff that have been there for a long time. And I'm watching them interact with the ones that are, that are just full of ideas. And I'm sure, do they love God? Oh, of course they love God. They're in the ministry. Are they doing great things? Yes, 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 yes. And I'm watching this whole thing. And it took about a month, maybe two months. And all of a sudden, this dynamic was happening. And suddenly, Pastor Miles, who is, who is just kind of a quietly wise man, would say, Kevin, you're awful quiet. What do you think? I said, well, I guess this is what I think. And then all of a sudden, he'd go, I like that idea. Let's do that. And then, and then it would happen again. Well, what, what do you think? And then came out, I, I like that idea. Let's, let's, let's do that. And, and so a year, maybe a year and a half went by. And, and, one, and one staff member got let loose in about six months he didn't make it but about six months and then the other one was was having some other trouble with some other aspects of his mouth because because he was he was probably the guy that's ratting he was ratting everybody out and he was ratting him out in order for him to feel better and i remember that i was invited into the office of two of the older staff members that were there and they sat me down and i thought what in the world am i in trouble or what you know i don't know what's going on here and I, I remember looking, one of them was Larry and, and one of them was Jerry. And Larry looked at me and he said, you know, we decided something. I said, oh, yeah, what's that? They said, we decided we like you. <laughs> I said, well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I, I said, can I ask why? He said, yeah. 
You're the only one that can keep their mouth shut. And we, we think we can trust you. And, and, and you know what happened? At that moment, favor was released to me by the simple virtue of just being quiet. And, and I've never forgotten that. And, and so I, 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 here's, and did I have destiny? Sure. Could, could I teach? Yeah, I, I, I was already preaching. I'd been a pastor. I'd held camp meetings and youth meetings, and I'd preached before thousands of people before I ever got to that church. And, but, but you know what happened? After that, there was a door that opened up that God was able to use. And I'm, to this day, I'm convinced it's because I just learned to just keep it down. So Joseph was that young man. He had a destiny. He had a purpose. But he had to be refined. Now, here's some questions just to ask yourself before you speak. Number one, just really ask, just go through these things. Learn to just say these things. Number one, is this something I need to say? Is this something I need to say? I'm going to give you revelation. You do not have to articulate everything that pops into your mind, including what God maybe has said. Some things I think, you know, does not the Bible say that when, when, when the angel spoke to Mary, I think the verse was she pondered these things. And it was a while before she went and talked to Elizabeth. You don't have to articulate everything that pops into your mind. Number two is, what is the spirit of what I'm about to say? Am I being critical? Am I bragging? Is this edifying? Is this encouraging? Is this gossip? What's the spirit of what I'm about to say? Am I, am I, am I trying to, to make myself look great in front of everybody? Or, or is this something that's really helpful? Or I mean, what am I, what am I about ready to say? Can, can I just tell you, and, and Tracy and I, this has been one of our things through the years that has always perked our ears up, is that whenever you hear someone hollering all the time about my ministry, my ministry, my ministry, my ministry, if you ever hear that phrase a lot, my ministry, I'm just telling you, that's a person that's going to go through a knothole. Because when you start hearing I, my, and mine, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. And it's just, it's just, you know, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I've learned this through the years. In fact, Trace and I were walking. I'm, I'm going to tell on myself. You've got a few extra minutes for me, right? I mean, it's cold out there. You don't want to go to your car, right? All right, hang with me. I'll, I'll let you out on time. This is going to help you pass a test. Trace and I were walking the other night. And I'm not going to tell you all that we were talking about, but, but I was talking. And how many of you know I got a pure heart? I know my heart. I love God. I pastor you. I love God. I mean, I know I'm on target. I know I got a good motive. Dear God, how many tests have I passed, Lord? I proved this, surely. And so we're walking along, and I'm not going to go through the whole story. I'm sure if I handed Trace the mic, she could add in the lovely details that would make me look even worse than how, how I was. But then I, Come on, I, I was bad. I was just bad. I was bad. But it would be an interesting story, wouldn't it? And as we're walking along, I'm, I'm talking, and Trace finally goes, we're walking the dog. It's at night. And she goes, do you hear what you're saying? Well, yeah, I know what I said. Well, I'm just telling you, we're going to go around the mountain again unless that stops. And I'm going, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. 
You don't understand. I, 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 that's not what I meant. That's that. No, no, I'm just telling you, you got to understand. You know, Trace is just like with me. No, you got to understand. You got to hear what you're saying. And I, and I remember I wrestled with her. Not literally. Because you know what? There was, there was probably the first thing when I said, no, nah, yeah, I know. probably the first time I was innocent. But after that, when I started wrestling with the, the, the point she was making about what was said, I wasn't innocent anymore. Because truth of the matter was, there was a tad bit of truth in that. She was right. And here's the amazing thing is the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Listen to me. If the heart above all things is desperately wicked and who can know it, then how do we know really what's in it? You begin to listen to what comes out of the mouth. Because I was walking around the block pure as the wind-driven snow before God. And yet, something comes out that begins to say, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Can you see Joseph? Joseph's going, yeah, I got this dream from God. I want you to be excited about it. I'm the sun. You're the stars. You bow. Hallelujah. Isn't that a good story? Isn't God good? And I'm sure the whole time Joseph is going, God's good. And the brothers are going, do you hear yourself? you hear yourself? You, you're a doink. That's a, that's a Hebrew word. <laughs> My wife's kind to me, but Pastor Doink, <laughs> do you hear yourself? No, she didn't say that. No, I just, she's, 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 she's merciful. I mean that she is. And, um, but you understand someone needs to hear who else better to hear than the one that loves you and cares about you. <laughs> and, and I guess the point I'm trying to make is, is how do you know? Start listening to what comes out. You can, you, can, you can begin to identify a lot of things. All you have to do is just stop and listen. Just stop and listen. I, 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 I. Me, 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 me. My, 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 my. Okay. Not hole. There's a knot hole with your name on it. Get ready. And then number three, why am I saying this? Is there something I need to say? What is the spirit of what I'm about to say? And why am I saying this? I, I just want to share this with you. The president of the United States does not have to keep telling us he is the president on a daily basis. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be just kind of, I'm the president. I'm the pastor. <laughs> yeah, well, we've known that for seven years now. Yeah, we got that one. Do you, do, do you understand? that, that why, why am I saying this? Is it because I'm trying to feel better about myself? Am I trying to, to convince everybody else? Am I trying to make a case, make a way? I don't. L l listen, this is, this is the test. This, this is the most powerful thing that God has placed on all of us right here. It's powerful with one another. Is it not true? Your day can be ruined in a split instant with one phone call. And just a few words, your day's ruined. Or your day can be really highlighted with just a few words 
And, and, and you got to understand, it not only works powerfully with us, it works powerfully with him. It works powerfully in the spirit realm. And, and, and if we can get a hold of this, we can begin. See, the world, the world is waiting for a word. It's waiting for the sound of authority. When people heard Jesus, they said, we've not heard one teach like this. We've not heard this kind of instruction. He carries an authority. Why is that? Because... He'd been refined even in his talking. The Bible tells us all of these things. So I want to encourage you that as we get started with this whole thing, um, let, let's let God refine our mouths. Let's let God refine what comes out. Let's be, let's be quick to listen and slow to speak. Let's not say to ourselves, well, it flew through my mind, so obviously it needs to be said. Um, let's, let's, let, let, let's begin to understand that when, when this, this is like a gun, are you following me? And, and, and when you shoot a gun, you can't get it back. Years ago, I had a little uh, 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 children's lesson. I, I brought them to the front. I did this years ago. And I had a tube of toothpaste. And I had one of them squeeze the whole tube of toothpaste. They love this one. They got to squeeze that whole tube of toothpaste on a little paper plate there. And they thought that was really neat. And then I looked at them and said, okay, put it back in the tube. And they all said, well, you can't do that. I said, well, try. And I gave them, I don't know, a toothpick or something. I, and they, you can't put it back in. I said, exactly, kids. And the minute something comes out, you can't take it back. You can't put it back in the tube. And, and so I, I just want to encourage you. This is going to be, this is a test because this is the rudder of your life. It's the one Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 6 where he said, Woe is me, for I'm a man undone. For I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. And he'd been prophesying for six chapters. But God had to come and purge him. So let's pass this test. Amen. Come on. God's going to get you to destiny. How many of you want to go to destiny? Yeah, I do too. Come on. Stand with me and I'm going to pray for you. And everybody right now, lay hands on your mouth. I know it, it feels funny, doesn't it? Lord, we're laying hands right now on our lips. And in the name of Jesus, Lord, we consecrate them as unto you. Lord, these, these lips aren't just to flap. These lips are designed for kingdom purpose and for spiritual purpose. And Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, we consecrate them before you. For some, Lord, I suspect a coal off the altar needs to come and purge things. Lord, I pray right now that we'd be purged and that you would allow us, Lord, the opportunity as we step up and we take the test to be able to pass. Lord, we're grateful for the ways you're merciful, you're compassionate, and you just keep on keeping on with us. But Lord, right now, we tell you that we want your purposes and your promises and your destiny. So Lord, restrain this area. Cause us to walk with a restraint. Help us to be attuned to what's coming out. And Lord, more than anything, let, let even our lips be used to direct us to the purposes of God. And Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for this people Lord, I thank you for the season we're in. I thank you for 2010, which is going to be even greater than 2009. And so, Lord, rest upon them with your presence as they're released this night. We love you a lot. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen.